Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Sarah Keyworth. And I'm Mickey Overman. And this is Thank Fuck For That, a podcast in which we hear stories from our guests about the moments in their lives that might have changed everything. Whether they are huge near misses or small, seemingly insignificant choices, we all have stories that we look back on and wonder, what if? Our guests will bring us their best Thank Fuck For That moment so we can delight in how different their lives could have been. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Hi, everybody. We are on Zoom. We're on Zoom. We are on Zoom because I'm in the Netherlands, like a little prick. You've returned to the motherland to charge your (laughs) batteries. Yes. Yes. I cannot. I don't have any uh, of the like plugs for the for the UK charges. So I always have to go to the Netherlands to (laughs) charge your phone. (laughs) To charge my phone. You refuse to buy one because then it means you means you properly move there. You have to give up your um your Dutch Dutch citizenship I think if you, uh, if you, if you, you buy that. a UK plug <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I think there's some kind of rule you know yeah that so, means you're committing and they don't like that yes exactly oh they don't like that they don't want that Charges they don't want you to is. they don't want you to give like pledge any kind of loyalty to a different king <laughs> the king of plugs <laughs> yeah yeah wall or butt how are you I'm good I'm good. I'm very well. I was all blighty. Oh, blight! Oh, it's actually the sun has started shining since you left. So what? <laughs> Make of that what you will. <gasps> yeah. We're having a jubilee over here. Um, <laughs> it's lovely. It's very nice. There's blue sky. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a party at the weekend. I made everyone play Wink Murder, which was funny. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That's so wholesome. <laughs> it was wholesome. Um, we played like a combination of the traitors and wink murder. Um, yeah. So like uh, we were just like, I was like, just as we're all socializing, the murderer has to like just occasionally murder someone. And then after they've been murdered, we'll have a little discussion about who we think the, the winker is. Um, so it was Oh, like, so you did it whilst people were just partying. Yeah. I was like, everyone just carry on. Everybody has to carry on with the Ooh. evening. So everyone just kept like chatting and moving around. And, and it stuff. worked. And then it worked. Yeah, it was really fun. Oh, that's so fun! Yeah, it was a good laugh. I mean, I was the I was the first winker, which the pressure is suddenly very on. You're like, what do I do with my hands when I'm winking? Yeah, yeah. Can I wink? Can I wink? (laughs) The first question, or is it just, am I just blinking hard? Yeah. Mm. It turns out I can wink, baby. Oh, I can wink. I'm I'm a big winker. And um, did you? And did you win? I won. They didn't think it was me. I made them all turn on each other as well because I was being like quite tactical about like trying to take up people that wasn't that weren't in my logical eye line. Oh, yeah. And then I like sowed seeds of doubt. But isn't it much easier for the winker if everyone's just preoccupied with um, you know, the party? Yeah, exactly. Like when everyone's like sat around the table, like watching for winking. 
Yeah. Well, we were sat around. It was it was at the end of the night, and there was like six or seven of us left because some loads of people mm-hmm. had left. So it was and it was, was like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, so okay. We sat around the so table, it wasn't but... it easier for you because they were all half asleep? Yeah. Or drunk. <laughs> and really drunk. Yeah. But oh man, I got those fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> I got sure those did. dumb drunk fuckers. <laughs> so proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done, Sarah. Did anyone also, did anyone play after ever going to invite me to a party when I when they hear this? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. be like, oh my god, she's going to wink a, at you. Oh, it's a sick house party and made everyone play wink murder. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I love a game, so I would have been totally up for it that. Was, was we tried fun. to play Wink Murder once uh, when a bunch of friends came over to mine. And I just looked around the group and I was like, "Not, you're not going to keep these people's attention. <laughs> like, I, I would love to play this, but I just I, I just already know yeah. that these are not the people whose attention there's you're going to keep. You need people not a to brain like, be on board. A bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I had to, uh, there was a few intelligent minds in my gang. And I was like, they'll, be on, they'll focus on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a very uh, interesting discovery on, on this trip. Mm. I, um, I I always knew that my, my, my parents, they both have like Catholic backgrounds or whatever. Mm. And, uh, but I wasn't raised religious. And I knew that my, my dad's parents, they sort of like, they kind of, they left the church when my dad was 12. And I was always curious, like, why like was there some kind you know it's catholics you who knows what what it is and um and i always kind of liked it i was i always thought like that's a bit forward thinking of Mm. my grandparents to be like you know what i'm actually not on board with this church and so i said to my dad i was like so what was the reason for granda and and grandma to to leave the church and my dad said oh he thought it was becoming too modern So, oh no! Yeah, so I had nothing to do with like my granddad being some sort of forward thinking. Yeah. My dad was like, "Oh, he did not like it. Like he was way too conservative for the modern they, church." They were letting the women and the gays in. Yeah, yeah, basically, like ge- genuinely, he was just like, I-, "I don't like it." Oh my god! And so he left. That's crazy. Did he like leave the church and join a cult or something like that? I, don't, I, I think there was nowhere for him to go in this sort of uh, changing world. And I knew, you know, he was a, he was a conservative guy. Uh, but I don't know. He, I, we had a really close relationship. So I, mm. I I just thought he was like maybe a bit. And then I said to my dad, I was like, do you think he would have liked that I became a comedian? Like, <laughs> as like, a, as like, because he was a very funny guy and he loved comedy. Yeah. And uh, my dad was like, in theory, he would have loved it. In practice, but he could have never he'd have been furious. <laughs> yeah, if he ever heard any of your jokes, he would have been so upset. Yeah. But if he never had to hear any of your jokes, just theoretically, he yeah. would have thought that was great. Do you think if you'd uh, been able to tell him that you became like a conservative comedian? If I just did a bunch of jokes about my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I your bet. whole set was about how the church is too modern. He'd be like, right yeah. on. <laughs> That's my kind of humor, actually. I was saying that myself. <laughs> I just, I just thought it was quite the discovery because I had a very different uh, version of these events in my head. Mm. Yeah, it's very strange because I don't know when your grandfather passed away, um, but it is odd when you realize that they were like human beings with full lives. Yeah, um, and all of that happened like before you even really were like a full person. Yeah. Yeah. When I found out my grandmother, her job was a sex therapist. And I was like, I know that's I so don't, amazing. I love that. I don't understand this at all. I, I cannot comprehend. Like, when when did this happen? Have we mentioned this on the podcast before? I don't know. I might have done. I feel like I'm, I've got a feeling you have... I have. Oh, really? Well, maybe, I know. Maybe Ruben Kay's episode. I've talked about it before. Oh, maybe. Man, I, 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 yeah, but yeah, that is basically the best thing ever. Yeah, but I had no idea. I found out when I was in my 20s. I thought she was a nurse. <laughs> I says I somebody vaguely probably said like uh when I was like very small, like I don't know, healthcare to like throw me off the scent. And I'd be yeah. like, okay, granny's yeah. a nurse. Yeah. And finding out it was such a yeah. shock. I I love I love that. Yeah. I just think that is so yeah, there's just like I love asking questions because the, the the sort of tragedy of your grandparents dying when you're you know when if they die when you're about in your in your teenage teenager or in your 20s or whatever which i think is quite normal you're often like too young still to really 
appreciate mm. like the lives they've led and all, yeah. the, all the things you you should there's always like oh my god the things I should have asked yeah you don't think them. to ask the, the fascinating questions and find out what no. it's like for them yeah the other no. day my parents were here and we were talking about there's like a few they're, they're like my grandmother passed away like over 15 years ago um but like my mom is like going through a few of the bits that were left by her that were like we were, were like oh we're not ready to throw them away but we don't actually yeah. know what to do with them and stuff yes like, yeah, not yeah yeah ready to like sell that but what and um and I was like uh oh I I still have that um old like uh, necklace that you gave me that was granny's my mom was like what and I was like yeah that that um little gold necklace that you gave me when I was a child I still have that one and I like went to get it and I brought it out and my mom was like I have this is this was not your grandma <laughs> she was like I don't know whose this is and I don't know what you're thinking but this is nonsense <laughs> this is not an heirloom this is not real it's not gold <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! It's so stupid. I, I like, love that. I was like showing it to people, like this was passed down to me from my grandmother. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, not. yeah. It's yeah. bullshit. It's probably from Claire's accessories. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> well, if it's still gold, it can't possibly be from I don't Claire's think accessories. It is. I don't think it is. I think it's fake. <laughs> I just had this memory. I have this really vivid memory <gasps> in my head. Maybe my grandmother gave it to me, but I think maybe your mum just didn't know. Yeah. about this this heirloom because she was, she was being passed over but maybe granny went to claire's <laughs> or yeah 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 and i was like ah oh, this must be one of your pieces yeah 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 but yeah no yeah. it's like it's um oh this must be a thousand years old yeah i was like oh well you know i've always got that anytime i've ever had any money trouble i've been like well you know you got the you got the insurance of <laughs> that I think that's so funny because my parents are are kind of going through a similar thing where they have um, from both our grandparents, they have like sets of um, uh, plates and what is it called? Like a cutlery. Yeah, all of the <laughs> crockery, but, you know, like a whole set of like the plates and cups and, and things. Crockery. Like, yeah, it's not crockery. Cutlery. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> not cutlery. Crockery. I guess they have. Yeah, they have this complete, especially from from a dad's parents. They have this complete set of of crockery, um, which is now just like this beautiful vintage. Yeah, and it's it's just in a box in like the attic, and they are now so the so they were they were saying that they're gonna sell it because they were just like, we are never gonna use this flowery set of crockery. It's not stuff that anybody would ever use now. It's all so extravagant. It's it's just not to their taste, yeah. And it's not. I think actually, someone would really like it. Someone like there, there could be someone out there who would like properly love this because it's a really beautiful set. But it's like it's not to their taste. It's not to any of our tastes. And is it like uh, the kind of stuff that would show up in like a really vintagey tea shop now? Literally, yeah, yeah. It it's like it's like with like little flowers and like a gold rim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know? Like it's yeah. it's really nice. Um, but they were just like, it's just been in a box for so long. There's probably someone who would actually want this stuff yeah. and who would actually be happy to use it. And it, it, there's something like, there's something so sad about stuff that's supposed to be used, like objects that are supposed to be used being in a box. And then they said that. And I was like, that's great. I think that's great because like, it's so easy to become a hoarder. Mm-hmm. And then they said, and we're also going to sell our um, old crockery, like our set of crockery, like the ones that I grew up with. And I was yeah. like, okay. Like I immediately was like, hold on. This and then should be a discussion. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and, and then like, it was like two seconds. And then I was like, I don't want it. Like, why am I, why am I getting, like, I can't, I can't be upset You're about nostalgic something. Like, about it. It's so immediately yeah. like nostalgic. And I was like, oh, that's a bit sad. And then I thought like, no, don't be this person. Like yeah. have, just have things like move on. Like, like it's nice. I've definitely made that mistake where I've gone, oh, whoa, you can't throw, you can't get rid of that. You can't, like, and my mum's gone, well, you yeah, have Yeah, this it. is my and grandma's gone, necklace, oh, please. I don't want it. <laughs> and it's like, I end up with like a serving platter that like I'm never going to use. And then I hang on to it and I'm like, what the fuck is this for? Yeah, and and I also, I already have a thing uh, a while ago, a couple of years ago, my, my parents were getting rid of their sets of, set of pots and pans that they have had since their marriage. It was like part of their set that they got when they got married. And I also have like a little uh, tea 
and coffee and sugar can, like a little set, which oh, was nice. for my grandparents' marriage set. Yeah. And so I have these two things, the pots and pans that my parents have, they had for 40 years. They are in pristine condition. What? At the, well, my, listen, my mom, I have this bit at the moment where I'm like, we're all diagnosing our parents like millennials and it's great. Yeah. And my, I've, I've diagnosed my mom with OCD because everything is clean and yeah. everything has a place. Mm-hmm. And no normal functioning human being would have pristine pots and pans after 40 years of use. No way. That like it's a... just, it is just ridiculous. That but to the point where like. And a mental illness. <laughs> yes. And I, and constantly I'm feeling like every time I use the pots, Patrick and I are like, they already look 10 years worse than <laughs> when I got them last year. Like, yeah. Like, and we're really trying because we're both mm. just like, oh, my God, it can't be that they had them for 40 years and we have them for one year and they're unusable. But I don't know how they did it. Oh, yeah. It's like an actual mystery. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Do you think that mm. um, that like our grandchildren will have this with like like our crockery and stuff? Because like I remember like a few years ago, our collection of mugs from uh, yeah, like, different different like things we've done. <laughs> yeah, well, every everyone like a few years ago got that mug that was like the the handle was a C and then the rest oh was the cunt. the cunt one <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. And yeah. I'm like, is someone gonna dig that out from like a bunch of their parents' stuff in like eighty years time and be like, yeah oh, what's yeah this? yeah, and they're like, like, oh my that's god, your so retro. <laughs> That would be amazing. I just like this idea that like I have all these I have all these mugs that are just like that that are just a collect. I, I quite like it. I like that like everything is just from yeah. different random I don't know schools or things like things mm-hmm. that you've just been a part of or like you'll do a, a podcast or podcast, whatever or like sports podcast. direct or whatever. Like I yeah. like that it's all just like mm. madness and it's kind of it shows you where you've been. Uh, but I can't imagine that anyone would look at that and be like, we should sell this collection. Yeah, yeah this is going to be worth something now. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> mini eggs mug came with an Easter egg in, in the early 2000s and has clearly been very loved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have like a mug with like a, and it's like Colorado. I've never been to Colorado. Yeah. It's not worth anything. My favorite mug at the moment is uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square podcast oh that's a nice one it's so big it's like a full-on tankard style mug yes the big mugs are great they're also quite hard to buy that's why everyone loves the sports direct one yeah because it's massive but i have one that this is so geeky but when i this is like 10 years ago or something i had like this job working in a hostel and uh, me and my friend stacy worked uh worked at reception for for the hostel and it was just like we had the evening shifts, so three to eleven. So the two of us, three to eleven. There's basically no one checks in from like, mm. like maybe at three, but most people like there was not really anything to do. So we were just giggling, and we were really big fans of the um the community, the show Community. Did you yeah. remember the show? Yeah, yeah. And in Community, Donald Glover and. Uh, I think Danny Putty, his name is, they had this joke where they were doing a fake morning show and they had mugs and it was like Troy and Abbott in the morning. Troy and Abbott in the morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we made a Mickey and Stacy in the evening mug. <laughs> and we, so great. it was just for us and it was just like this little in joke. And I yeah. don't even, like, I'm not even in contact with Stacy anymore, but I always drink my teas out of it because we, we bought these really massive mugs. Oh man, that's really yeah. nice. That's yeah. a great memory. Your grandchild is a... going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like what is this in reference to who is stacy did grandma ever mention stacy <laughs> yeah she was just in my life for like maybe a year yeah but, stuff like, you know stuff like I that have is wild yeah i'm named after my parents i don't know if i've told you this my i'm named after a friend of my parents called sarah and i have never met her no don't you think that's wild Oh my god, that's amazing! So like she can't, she either you weren't. She that was close. so significant during that time. Yeah, but I'm like I've never met her, which makes me worry that I'm the problem. Oh my god! Like oh what, yeah, what if they <laughs> had like, me? Oh god! And they're like, you've named oh that my, after me. We can't introduce this loser to Sarah. <laughs> that's amazing. That I mean, I hope that's what it is because that would be amazing. I am. Gosh. 
I ge- I genuinely like my my mum was just it's so funny. There's so many there's been so many discoveries. I've only been here two days, but my mum told me that um uh, that my grandpa. So my mum's from a family of five kids, and she's the second child. And the first child, a a, a daughter. <laughs> my mum told me that my grandpa um just went to uh went to uh, the Fuck, I can't think of any of the names now because she told me this story in Dutch. Where do you go to register a child um, when you've had it? Some registry office or something. I don't know. Yeah, the, so the he hospital? went. I don't know. Where do you do it? But you have to register and then and then you name it and then the that's you get the birth hall. certificate. Yeah. Let's say the town hall. So he went to the town hall and just named the baby without he... without asking grandma if that was all right. He went and named his sister. <laughs> no, he named his child. So this is my grandpa. Yeah. So my mom's sister. Oh. The first one. He just went to the town hall and just named her because he liked the name uh, Jacqueline. And, and just... my grandma. And it's not it's not after anybody. It's not like my grandma wanted to do the sort of Catholic tradition of naming the child like after one of her sisters or, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just came back and he was like, this is our child's name. That's so funny. That's it's such so a, like, fucked unsentimental up. way of doing it as well. Just going, oh, I was passing. I was passing and by. I so said I to my mom, I was like, Jacqueline. what? Yeah, what was he thinking? And she was like, I think he knew that grandma would never agree to the to the name. So he was like, if I just register it. If you went through the fucking hell of childbirth <laughs> and like the, the <laughs> so one treat, up. like obviously having a baby, but the, like one of the treats post having a baby is getting to name the baby, right? Yeah. So she named all four after that. Yeah. Okay. He's allowed one. So she got she got hers. He got he didn't get to name any any more babies. Yeah. Um. And that's, and that's why the previous three children were called. I hate my husband. <laughs> I, hate my husband. <laughs> I. It's so fun. I mean, it's it's incredible. I'm glad if if not for the fact that she named the 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 subsequent four, it would have been a, a very harrowing tale. Yeah. 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 But uh, I it's do a nice um, name though as well. To be fair. Also, it's a nicer name than all the other children. <laughs> like he like including my mom like he was right that is a that is a beautiful name that might explain why do you know when you meet people and, and like there's like four siblings and they're called like uh tom tim tara and then it's like john yeah do you think it's that the dad goes it is it is 100 that so i said to my mom i said well you took after your dad then because not that she didn't discuss it with my dad but she named uh my older sister and me and we both have names that are very unusual. Oh, I see. And then my dad got to name the third one. <laughs> and uh, my younger sister, her, whose name is Anouk, that is a very common is it? Dutch girl's name. There's oh, like, I see. so me and Puk, the older one, we always had people being like, what's your name? And yeah. then with Anouk, it was like, you would have that thing where it's like, Laura S, Laura P, Laura. That oh, was like Anouk. that was oh, like the name yeah. Anouk. So it's uh, to people were always like Anouk as the third one. Like that's so that doesn't fit the other. Yeah. That doesn't fit the mo of the previous namer. <laughs> they like, really yeah, lo- they really ran out of steam at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Sarah yeah. is common as muck. There's so many Sarahs <laughs> in my year at school. Tom and Sarah. It's me and my brother. My mom. Yeah, my those bro- are real classics. My brother is was he named so- after. My brother was so premature that my mum forgot that one of her, like we, like, like Tom has a cousin called Tom because my mum forgot ah! <laughs> it was already a Tom in the family. She was like, I don't know, Tom, I guess it's Tom. That's that. I, I think I recognised that a baby could be called Tom. So why not? That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to have the same name as your, sorry. Should we, should we get Lauren? Yeah. Should we just do it? Should we just like do the little intro? Yeah, we, get- <laughs> we can talk forever because yeah. I've I've had so many so many uh, so many things happen on this on this trip. Revelations. Uh, should we have a guest? Yeah. Our guest today is the incredible Laura Lex. Laura is a comedian. She is a podcaster herself. She's an author. She's written two amazing books. She's so funny, so talented. It's so nice to have her. So let's get it. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, it's me, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to Thank Fuck For That. If you're enjoying the podcast, please sign up to our Patreon to support us. We need some help making it. We're doing it all by ourselves. So please sign up. Even if it's just £3 a month, that would make the world of difference. Thanks so much. Here's the episode. Hello! Hi! Hello! Hi, how- how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. Thanks so Look much. Look at your for setup. Doing that looks so good. Ah, it's um it's I was really lucky when I moved house. It, the attic came with this like 70s stand-up wallpaper. Yes, um, <laughs> it's I- it looks real. I know it does, doesn't it? And I didn't realize, like, obviously, when we moved in, how much online gigging I was gonna end up doing. <laughs> oh I was like, God, oh, yeah. So I, I've got my like New York comedy club yeah. back wall. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it looks like you did it purposefully. So that's yeah, great. Right. It's my white clean wallpaper, and I, <laughs> I had I had to have this as my office because Tom can't stand up in here because it's got the like like roof thing so his office is the garage so it's uh yeah it all worked out really well That's, yeah a little <laughs> oh wait he's, he's too tall for the attic yeah I'm five foot so I can stand up fine in here and it's fine but Tom's okay. like six three so he cannot be up here <laughs> he, he can like deliver three? tea through the hatch and that's it <laughs> Oh my god. He's like as tall as you are when he comes through the hatch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh this this is a podcast about life-changing moments. Do you feel yeah. like you dwell on the on the moments that uh that could have or changed your life? No, I forget life? about them very, very quickly. I'm I very um Oh yeah, I guess that could have been really different, couldn't it? Boop, 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 and then I've just carried on. I'm really quite, that's yeah. so healthy. Wow. <laughs> How, do you think that? Are that, you that both is... dwellers? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big dwellers, lying in bed oh. at night thinking about. So, what keeps you up? The future. Um, yeah, the future. Yeah, uncertainty in the future. I think because uncertainty is my big trigger. So um, anything I can't control, whereas the past is done. I know what happened there. Mm. Um, I was just saying to someone the other day, like, I'm not, I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I don't think that kind of nonsense. I'm not a like, oh, well, it must have been because of a big plan. But what I do think is that humans are really, really good at adjusting to whatever's happened. So like I was talking to someone about breakups at the weekend and I was like, remembering how heartbroken I've been after breakups and stuff and now I'm with Tom and I'm not like oh well I had to go through those relationships to have met Tom and to have Mm. this one but I do think you just go oh my god thank god I broke up with that prick like (laughs) can you imagine but I'd probably be well I wouldn't be just as happy because they were awful but I'd be I'd convince myself I was happy if I'd stayed with them. So I sort of think human brains are quite clever at doing that. They just adjust to the lighting level, you know? Yeah, yeah. that is true, isn't it? I think like, obviously there are people who say those kind of things, like everything happens for a reason or like, oh, you know, it's all destined to work out in the end. And it's like, oh, like that gives us no credit whatsoever. Cause it's yeah. Like, yeah, it worked out because I, I worked it out. Like I spent so much time and energy solving the issue or finding a solution to the problem or making my relationship work like yeah and I think it's so like it's so diminishing of the hugeness of stuff that happens to people to say that because otherwise you're basically saying like 
oh, everybody that lost somebody incredible at a really young age or something was for a reason. And you're like, no, it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. just blind, horrible chance and circumstance. And like you didn't. And then what I think is like, like say something like that happens and you bend over backwards to to cope with it. It doesn't mean you were always meant to be twisted into a weird position. It means you found a cushion to make the pressure on your hips a bit nicer. And yeah, you yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. tilted the TV to this weird wonky angle you're at. You made it the best it could be for what it was. But I, I hate that idea that like, oh, it must have been meant to be then. Shut up. No, there's no, no meant to be. What I do, what I do like is that you rec- you you realize your own strength from these, hmm. from these, from these moments. So it's like, yeah. It would have been much better if it didn't happen, but it's it, it, it's like I know I do know now that I can handle something like this. Yeah. And it makes life a little bit less scary. Like once I was through my first big breakup and it was really hard, I was like at the end of it, I was like, oh, I could do that again. So it like made yeah. me less scary to fall in love again because I was just a bit like, no, I'll, I, I'll, I will come out the other end. Yeah. I remember that my grandma died when I was 16, I think. Um, And I took it really badly because no one had ever died in my life before. Um, And I just couldn't like I couldn't hope with the idea that someone could die because death is like the big bad ending in films it's the thing that they dangle and then don't do to your characters when you're a kid (laughs) so the idea that somebody I loved just wouldn't be around anymore just didn't make any sense and then when she died and it was like oh she's no longer around but I still remember her she still exists in the stories and everybody else has carried on and there are little moments of happiness. That was fascinating to just go, the worst thing happened and we've all carried on. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is really beautiful. Do you remember like what kind of explanations you were given about death when you were younger? Like I can't really, like I remember being really fixated on the idea, like like what is it? Well, like where do you go? Like what happens when I was yeah. young? Because I just couldn't, like, because obviously everyone's like, well, you're just, you know, you, you're you're dead. Your <laughs> your body stops working. Your brain stops working. And being like, yeah, but like, where is my brain? Like, where is my where is me? Where is me? And eventually, I think my mom just being like, oh, "I'm fucking no, leave me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. my parents have never been religious, so they couldn't be like, "Well, actually, you go and see God, and He lives on a cloud." Like my mom was just like, "I'm oh, fucking no, Sarah, leave me alone." Like, ah, I got no idea. It's scary. We're all scared. Yeah, my fam. Well, my mom was is religious and her Mm. parents were and so I was raised religious so right up until I was about 1920 I went to church and was like religious um so I thought you know it all depended on whether you'd been a good enough person for whichever book you were reading and I'm not religious anymore I can't bear it all but at the time that that was an extra level of fear like not Mm. only are you dead but now you're about to be judged (laughs) oh god especially (laughs) as a teenager Mm. were there a lot of of kids in your school that were also religious that must uh, because yeah but in that like c of e religion way you know that sort of Mm. like quietly insipid religion like it's it's not big enough in life to be uh, I don't know like your overwhelming personality but it's it's just there and everything like we used to say the lord's prayer in assembly and stuff but you didn't even really think about what you were saying so it was sort of that kind of religion you know but were you then a little bit more religious than sort of like the kids in in your school or was it all a bit the same yeah I probably was my parents were quite good they did let us like make up our own mind because my dad's not religious but my mom is but I think I'm quite pliable to what I'm told so when Mm. I was told like there's a big invisible god and he's seeing everything you know well I will I will make him happy (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, it's like in church choir and stuff like that it was very like I want to say gullible, but it feels offensive to people who are religious. But that, you know, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm but very all of that easily stuff is perfect. Yes. It's perfect fodder for a sort of the, the child as well, isn't it? It's in the same way that like I'm not likening God. Like God is lots of different things to lots of different people. But in the same way that your 
behavior like also is in response to santa claus at christmas yeah and, like, it's just that perfect like tool to like go ah uh, uh, you know there is actually a like a bigger reason there's a bigger like purpose to us behaving in the way that we behave um and that's like great for a child because you're like well you know i god is my friend and i you know i'll always have a friend if god's around and this is the reason we sing these songs and say these prayers like that is so comforting for a child yeah. who is so overwhelmed by the world yeah we had one kid in school one girl in my in my high school who was much more religious than the rest of us and uh i just i i think about her all the time because i'm like it must have been such a weird that must be so weird for her to be around all of these people who just were so different and and just had such a different outlook outlook on life and 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 must have been like she she coped absolutely fine and she fit in really well with us but just occasionally she'd be like no but yeah I mean you are all going to hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> she knew that and yeah she, she knew and she was like I like you guys but like no no chance yeah. But like oh. the moment we all get to the afterlife, <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know you. When, once you stand for, like in front of St. Peter's gates, I'll be like waving from the other side. Like, yeah. no, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, have you ever had like a big near miss experience? Yeah, although it wasn't really mine. But it's um, when I was it, the summer holidays of my first year of university, I came back to my parents' house. And my mum had um, a really life-threatening illness. She had something called viral encephalitis, which is um, a bit like meningitis. Um, And so just in the middle of the night one night, she'd had a migraine all day and then she went to bed. And I remember sort of being in bed and then I think we had a bang in the bathroom and then my dad went running down the corridor and sort of got the bathroom door open and she had a fit and not knocked herself out on the sink and so yeah and and we sort of got her to hospital uh and she lost all of her memory so couldn't (gasps) remember who we were um and had to sort of come back from that and she was very lucky to survive really and it was kind of like this type of disease that I'd never heard of it before so you know when you sort of have something come out of nowhere and you go what's this now never heard (laughs) of this Right. Okay. That's is it a, a thing. Neurological disease. Then is it in? It's an. Inf- it's a virus. Infection. It's a virus that it's. It's in a world of viruses that sort of. I can't remember what else it's linked to, but it's very similar to meningitis. Mm. Um, and I think the virus itself. I think it like lives in the base of your spine, and it can go completely, um, undetected, and then it sort of it shoots up your spinal column. And so in mum's case, it went into her brain and her brain makes your brain swell. And so then you get pressure on your skull, like that kind of thing. Which is never Um, good. Nope, you don't want that. Uh, And then, yeah, I think it can go other ways, um, but that's what happened in mum's case. And then obviously like any kind of neurological damage like that, you're sort of... um, it, it depends which bit pressed or where you hit your head. Like mum, bless her, like hit her head really badly as she passed out. So she lost she lost a lot of her short-term memory. So she could really remember like her childhood and she would talk about things, but wow. like she, she, I'm one of four children and she didn't know who any of us were. So we'd be visiting her in the hospital. And I remember one point like oh going God. out to sort something out for somebody and having her go, where's the other one gone? And really looking at my dad, like, do you promise me these are my children? Because I got no memory of this. Yeah. And us being like, whoo, those okay. guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Did she, that is did she so remember intense. Your dad? She did remember dad. Yeah. She remembered dad. Yeah. Um, Cause that would like, be such a all stressful of language all got stressful. very scrambled. I remember there being one language test where a doctor asked her like showed her a stethoscope and said what's a stethoscope uh what's this and she said stethoscope and then they said and what's it for and she said it was for measuring flowers and airplanes so really interesting which pathways had kind of gone scrambly if you know what I mean yeah 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 wow oh my god strange it and it was such a like it was obviously 
mad for mum. And and I'd say in some ways she's still recovering from it, really, even though it was 20, no, 15 years ago now. But for me, it, it was so weird because I was just back on the summer holidays, you know? I'd just yeah. been my first year yeah. of uni. I'd just been a fresher. And then I came home and this happened. And so really quickly, like my brother was only 10, 11, and my sister was 15, 16. So I had to become, I had to look after them. So I, the worst thing about it, which is so weird when you're like, you know, your mom's dangling, but you've got practical stuff to get on with. My dad was self-employed. So I had to work with him because we had to get this contract that he was working on done in a certain time frame, or basically the whole family was bankrupt. And we had to sort of keep visiting mum, but I'd passed my driving test at like 17 and not driven since like learned in a Nissan Micro and passed. And then because my, my brother and sister needed school shoes and needed the shopping done and stuff, they had to put me on the car insurance for this Volkswagen Sharan, which is like a seven seater minibus thing. And I remember trying to drive this damn thing around town and like go and get the kids fitted for shoes and like get them all sorted and just being like, Three weeks ago, I was so drunk at university, like worrying yeah. about my drama degree. And now this is happening. And then six weeks later, I was back at university and I'd had to go back, you know, like there was no yeah. choice. But I remember this day taking the kids into town for something or other and trying to get this fucking car into this fucking parking space. Oh and just my like, God, Paolo Nutini's album was on in the car because that was the <laughs> album that had come out that, <laughs> that summer. And, uh, and then like this whole family were like watching me try and park this fucking bus. And then I on my like ninth maneuver the dad of the family came over and knocked on the window and went I found you a bigger space over here love oh that's just, oh, like, nice. me. like thank Humi you oh, I went humiliating <laughs> but you went nice all right that's fine sometimes you just need like I'm honestly I'm the biggest feminist there are so many amazing drivers who are not men Oh my God. Sometimes you just need a dad to get involved. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> you just need a blokey dad to just intervene. I was once trying to parallel park in the middle of the night. I'd come back so late from a gig and I was so stressed. And it was this narrow little gap and it was so early in the morning. I was so tired and I was like, I'm going to have a breakdown. I, I, I just need to go. To yeah. Bed. And I, and this man pulled up beside me and just started doing the gestures of like, like where, uh... how you spin. And then he went like that. And then he was like gesturing for me to go back. And then he was like, stop. And then he was like, other way. And then stop. <laughs> and he just guided me into the parking space. And I was like, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I any kind of semblance of I'm I'm like strong independent went out of the window I was like I, I know that you're somebody's father and I appreciate you so much right now <laughs> it's a real it's a real dad energy that I I will I will give you that I I'm mm. a I'm a I'm a like a, a terrified driver but it's just because I never drive but my sister is like a sublime 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 driver yeah. uh, so she she has that dad energy as well where she will yeah. just help 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 other people uh she just has none of the like um the fear that I have around around driving. I imagine this made you quite a good driver, actually. All of this. I uh... am a good driver now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's but I've got a reasonably sized car again now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will help. I love all the when you hear stories like this because every element of it is so um, like alien to people who haven't experienced it. Like mm, for your yeah. life to just change like that, and then these just sort of mundane elements. Like you never like when you imagine something like that happening to your life, you don't imagine. And then I had to go shoe shopping with my ten-year-old brother yeah. in the midst of it all. Yeah, it's just it's so wild. How did your siblings cope with it? Yeah. They did okay. Like, and, and I think, I think it's one of the reasons that this, maybe it's, uh, it's one of those things in my life that is so odd. And I think I'm still processing it because mm. I'm not sure how much I processed it at the time because there was so much to do. Mm. And then I went again. And I was gone again and I had three yeah. more years of my degree to do. So I didn't, I never came back to live there properly again. I only came back for holidays. And so I didn't help them do the main bit of mum's recovery. And I wasn't there as much as I maybe should have been like, maybe I should have deferred a year. I don't know, but 
didn't. Are you are you the eldest? I'm not. I've got an older sibling. Um is that a brother or a sister? A sister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so she had some stuff going on that year um that was sort of difficult to to deal with as well and right. sort of worked full time and me being home on a holiday meant I was really around it just felt you know, to you yeah 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 you, you know um I can't remember if I was working at the pub then I had my pub job for when I was 15 that I was you know would do but because my dad's a self-employed builder I'd always worked with him so I kind of I I, I cannot remember whether I was at the pub that summer or not but I so I sort of was the one that default had a lot more time around. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think like it's, I think sometimes with these life changing, when these life changing things happen, but they cause busyness, you don't have any reflection time and then you're cracking on with something else. And so, and then you sort of stop and go, God, that was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I vividly yeah. remember the next summer I came home, my dad snapped his leg bone playing football. Stop going home, um, Laura. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's the joke yes. I made. Yes. I think I, and then I Get remember, like home. after that happened with Dad's leg, I went, guys, I'm not coming home next summer because, mm. like, my brother Ron will die, <laughs> and everybody yeah. being like, don't make that joke, blah blah blah. But for me, being like, oh, you guys aren't having the same experience of this as me. Yeah. That no. I'm coming home, and then these things are happening. Whereas, so. I I find it one of those really awful experiences that my telling of it is so me centric when actually what happened to mum is is just colossal and mm. and having to relearn and like my mum is so smart and really like um really verbally clever um and a lot of that went for a really long time and she's an right. avid reader and and a lot of the ability to read for long periods of time vanished and she found that and still finds that frustrating like it was one of the things so my book my second book pivot um one of the characters in that gets encephalitis and I talked to mum a lot and I was like can I put this in the book because I'd never heard of it before it happened to you Mm. and then in researching I was like it is common like and we didn't know what to do. And then you didn't know what to do. And she was like, yes, like, let's get the word out about it. That it's this like thing. And like, this is how you come back from it and you're not alone and, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's one of those life experiences that changed me massively because maybe partly because of my older sibling not being able to take on the responsibility I had to. And she's always been the caregiver out of the four of us. So, yeah. But then also the weirdness of jumping from world to world, of, of being on a building site, working with dad, and then quickly getting him to the hospital and then getting home, cooking for the siblings and then getting back to the hospital to pick dad up. There's no point in me visiting mum. She didn't know me and us being there upset her and then getting dad home and then getting back up. And then suddenly back to university which was hard in other ways but also I don't know quite like easy what do you say when you go back to uni as well like everyone's like how was your summer you're like uh (laughs) where do where do I even begin like how do I explain this yeah Yeah. and suddenly you're just back to uh, being allowed to be this kind of I don't know, a bit of a carefree knobhead. Yeah, the the most irresponsible of people versus like you couldn't have had more responsibility at that point. I think I was a bit bad there really in that I I don't think I was as supportive as I probably should have been to the family. I think I did do that thing of getting back to uni and going, good, I can stop engaging with what's going on at home again, you know? But that was probably just self-preservation. I mean... Yeah, probably. But look at, you know, like looking back on it, I'm 36. I go like, oh, okay, they might have needed a bit more. Or maybe I couldn't have been, you know, because if you can't be practical help, maybe wasn't have been that helpful. But I, I don't know how much I engaged with it again after that. And I feel guilty for that. Did did your mum, did your mum get her memory back? Like how, how, how long did that 
take? A few months. I think I think the like big stuff, like who we were and stuff like that came back relatively quickly within a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but the ability to hold on to things can be a little bit flimsy sometimes. So you'd have a conversation and then you'd have it again a week later. But it that has all improved as time's gone on, mm. which again, we were really lucky with because in terms of it, like as a near miss moment, you you kind of go, God, that could have been, she she could very easily have died if the ambulance crew, like if wait times for the ambulance were what they are now, I don't know mm, what yeah. that would have been. Or we could have lived the rest of our lives without her really being back as much as she's come back in a psychological capacity. So mm. we were so lucky that essentially yeah. life went 99% back to normal. Yeah. And and how much of it was the fall? I don't know. They don't know. Um, they might. I don't. Which again is where like there's big gaps in my like act my and um, my because I I honestly it's one of those things where you're like I see it so through my viewpoint of it mm. instead of l- knowing all of these details and I can't remember if I knew at the time and then life got really busy like but that's that is literally that's all you, you know because you were you yeah. were a first year student yeah so, so like and also I I mean none nothing like this happened to me when I was at university I was so self-involved in my mm. first year of uni <laughs> me too. because I was yeah. like I don't think anybody could possibly understand what I'm going through yeah because of the the overwhelming aspect of, of leaving your home and you're trying to make all these new friends and you're so just in it and you're like this is uh you know like those first moments where you start calling uni home and things like that you're yeah like, I'm a different person now so to go through all of that and then have this huge thing happening back with your family like I don't I don't blame you for for not engaging as much as you wish you did because you were still a child yeah. yeah I don't and think you I thought starting, about it at the time you were starting your independent life those were your first moments of your life outside yeah. of that home and it's a you really came home selfish and time for someone else to have a tragedy yeah. it's like yeah. I think it probably is my most <laughs> selfish time of life I hope I've not been that but you're right like you you cannot be, but be self-involved because your concept of your life isn't the same as it was 12 months ago so yeah. you are totally just if you were to try and like ask me to try and recall anything that happened with anyone else in that first year I was at university, like my mom or my brother or anyone, like I, I don't think I could tell you anything. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think I could tell you anything of what happened in that. Did That's you go amazing. a long way away to uni? Where did no, you go? No, I went an hour away. I went to Leicester oh. from Nottingham, but I, I hated it. Like I really struggled oh. with it. So like, and I was so in my own head about like how difficult it was and how like, like, uh, how much I was struggling that I just I have no sort of real recollection of like what was going on with my family yeah it's called separation right this this process yes from like when when you're a teenager and you become like sulky Ah. to all the way to when you actually separate it's Mm. like it's like it's like a really like that's it's like a normal thing that every everyone goes through and I do think Laura that when you came back I mean you snapped into like mother mode yeah for your younger siblings in in a way that was like incredibly responsible and and helpful and I think I think go on I think that's part of like like we were saying right at the beginning I'm a very in the present and worried about the future person. So mm. when something needs doing, I'm so good in a crisis. Right, if somebody yeah. needs something in a crisis, I'm brilliant. But if yeah. you say this is happening next month, worry about it. I will be in knots within mm. seven right. minutes. Yeah. I yeah, will of course. talk us all into like a suicide pact rather than deal with whatever's <laughs> happening next month. Just like, when Just I had a breakdown, <laughs> yeah, like let's not bother. No, that seems dreadful. Let's not do it. Have you ever had a sliding doors moment? Yes. Yes. So my sliding doors moment is um, my university choice where I did an undergraduate master's degree in theatre at the University of Kent. And the way it worked was you did three years of drama. And then in the fourth year, you could specialise in a subject. And I chose the University of Kent because they had a radio production, fourth year specialism. 
And I thought it was fascinating. It was really cool. It was all about how to build the soundscapes for like, oh, somebody's walking in a carpet. Like, Mm. da, da, da. And I wanted to write radio sitcoms. Yeah, like that kind of thing. But also putting scripts together and casting and just general radio. And then at the end of my first year, they cancelled that specialism. Oh, no. Um, But it was too late. I was already at the university now. So um, the only... By the time I got to the fourth year, the only specialism that was vaguely of interest to me was stand-up comedy. (gasps) And so whatever budgetary decision led to radio being cancelled made me go, oh, well, the only other practical one I'm bothered about is stand-up. I guess I better do that. That's fascinating. Now I'm a comedian. That's so, I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we should tell people that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been broke ever since. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a bank manager and I had a little bank in the corner of my bedroom. And my mum and dad once took me on a tour of Midlands Bank um, as (laughs) like uh, a treat. (laughs) I think it was a birthday thing and the bank like showed me around the offices and gave me loads of stationery. And I think I might be one of the only people in the world that wanted to be a banker and became a comedian instead. Like yeah. that, that is a flip reverse of most people's dreams. Was Monopoly yeah. just like your favorite game? Yeah. Anything where I could fill out forms and like when me and my friend used to play Monopoly, we used to keep a logbook of every turn and money in and money out and like money owed and and like keep the statistics of which properties. Like we were such Dorks. That's so oh funny. Like all the kids. Sarah, would get, you would have like... never been able to cheat with Laura. Oh, <laughs> I'd have found a way. I just like the idea that other kids get like microphones and karaoke machines for their mm. birthday, whereas you'd get like a checkbook or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd have filled the whole thing out studiously. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. I bet your parents are like, how did we fuck this up? Yeah. <laughs> yes. She wanted how? to be a banker. Yeah. Oh, they could have been in their dream home in the Mediterranean by yeah. now. But no, no, I had to be allowed to follow my dreams. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you succeeded, which is a great yes. thing. Yeah. Where do you do you think you'd work in radio if you'd done the radio specialism? I don't know. Like I say, I never think about the past. I just carry on. Yeah, <laughs> so I just happened. went, oh, the radio doesn't exist now. I guess I do this. And then yeah. it's probably quite telling that I went, I'll do the specialism. Oh, this is all right. I guess I'll do this as a career. Yeah. I wanted did it to be feel an like, Did it feel like it clicked sort of when you started doing the stand-up? No, I don't think so. I think I was really bad at it and <laughs> it was difficult. And it was something so new that I had no idea how to get going. But what helped was like, it wasn't like a course that was like, oh, here's how to be a stand-up comedian. It was like a study of the psychology of humor and Mm -hmm. psychology, which is one of my big passions as psychology. So you did that, but part of the course was you had to do 10 gigs and then document what are like effect, things that had affected the gig like what right. was the room like or what was why did the gig go better or worse than the last one kind of thing and I yeah, blame the room that's I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah 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 <laughs> and and I guess like looking into that and studying that I think it did I think it was something somewhere around 50 gigs instead of 10 that I did and I just like got so into oh okay that gig went like that and then I kind of thought well, I still want to act, but as far as I could work out, acting seemed much harder to get started in because you yeah. had to, someone had to say yes to an audition, whereas comedy had been quite easy to get pub tens and fives and stuff. And I sort of thought, I reckon if I get into comedy, I can circle back around to all the other interesting things I wanted to do, you know, like comedians get to do all sorts of jobs they're not qualified for it's great yeah. you're always on the yeah. radio now <laughs> yeah you're on and the ra- you're a writer jobs, you know and yeah. yeah like I've written books and via becoming a comedian like it's a clever job for just if people like you enough as a comic they'll let you do all sorts of stuff you're not very yeah, good at. they it's let me great. be a fireman in January <laughs> uh, yeah that's right I'll give you anything oh, uh, uh, what I liked about what you said that you got so into like the, the sort of like minutia of like what happened at that gig what happened at that gig I like that you brought your sort of like filling forms yeah. bank energy mm. to the beginning of your stand-up career 
I, I always think I'm a really unlikely person to be a comedian. I'm not one of those scatty, like, you know, the sort of people that are like, God, they're so weird and wacky. Oh, you just, they had to be a comedian. They couldn't do anything else. I'm not like that. I'd have made a really great PA and I'm sort of like scraping a living in comedy instead because <laughs> yeah, the yeah, organization yeah. and the planning and the, the attention to detail I'm nailing. And then the rest of it is like, Oh, oh my yeah, god, it's so much of it. I always say this to people. It's like you don't understand how big of an admin job this is. Mm. Yeah. Like it really is so much admin. Yeah. That... Also, Laura, you are incredibly funny as well. You're so witty. Like, and you Oh yeah. I'm I'm just saying, like, that is yeah. I, I'm just seeing that as like we don't even have to mention that. <laughs> Obviously, every time you mention that, that's nonsense. You're so funny. Yeah. Well, thank you. But I like I like being silly. The but... banking world is missing out. So... I'd have been I so, so rich. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you'd have really cheered For up an sure. HSBC, wouldn't you? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded more misogynistic than I needed meant it to. I yeah. meant I meant with humour, whereas it, yeah. it, it sounded like I was like, oh, you'd look lovely behind the desk there, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and what a what a nice thing to say, actually, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great one, and that really is, mm-hmm. I think, a sliding doors moment by the sounds of things, because it does seem like a little mm-hmm. bit like you're like, okay, this is the direction we're all heading in. Yeah. I'm just, I just, yeah, I think, I think as I get older, I realize like I've definitely got happier and happier as I've got older Mm. and all of the desperate things I was desperately scared of that have happened weren't actually that bad once they happened. I worked them out. So I think like all of those, like, what if I'd done radio? I just don't ever have the capacity to I don't bother with them and it's not a conscious thing I'm not saying like it's my like mindset of not bothering I forget to bother wondering what would have been because I just kind of go boop boop this then and worry about the future instead I think that's lovely you know I think that's really good I'm quite envious because I'm really good at dwelling oh yeah really strong work incredible well done. <laughs> but then when do you worry about the future? If you're worrying about the past, when do you worry about the future? Uh, in I, I, just, I go in between. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, there's yeah. enough space and time for it. Oh, sure. <laughs> there's all day. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you us. so much, Laura. That was no amazing. Um, would you please let everybody know um, where they can find you and what work of yours they can uh, consume? Um, yes, at the moment, I'd love you to listen to my podcast, which is called Lex Education. And my little brother, he of needing new shoes fame, is um, who is not a comedian now. He did make the sensible choice. Um, <laughs> he is trying to help me pass my GCSE science by teaching me the GCSE science curriculum. So if you would like to hear two siblings who are not qualified in any way to be doing this, squabble with each other into oblivion via trying to remember what atoms and ions are, then have a listen to that. I've got two books, Clop Actually and Pivot. They're really fun and they're on Audible, Kindle, bookstores, all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, those are my things that I'm pushing at the moment. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Laura. Bye-bye. Bye. Laura Lex, everybody. That was Laura Lex. Two great stories. So good. Very fascinating. Haunting. 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 I feel haunted. Uh, Um, what, What should we do? Should we tell people... Well, thank we, you. We should thank them. Thank you very much. Thank you again. Always thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, uh, if you haven't already, please sign up to our Patreon to support us making this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it Follow all ourselves, online. as we've said. So, yeah, any support you can give us would be very appreciated. Share it if you're enjoying it. Please send it to people. You've got a mate who wants to hear this. Yeah. Send it to him. I really don't, don't like that. we are doing everything ourselves and it's it's mm. very sweet me and me and Sarah trying to figure out how to podcast it's a it's a podcast it's, itself I think we're, we're learning I've never felt more elderly in my <laughs> life <laughs> trying to do some of this technology uh, but I think we're doing a good job so thanks me so too. much guys um yeah send us an email if you have any stories you'd like us to tell on the podcast um we'll do some patreon only episodes where we read those out so please let come us know to you. our previews yes come to our previews uh we're doing two on the 16th and 17th of april at different locations uh because we are that bad at admin um mm-hmm. 
so uh, come and see us there you can find all the information online um yeah that's it that's all it is that's what this was well thank you uh, for i hope you enjoyed this uh, international uh, version yeah (laughs) you just listened to a podcast that took place in the uk and the nether regions yes that's right I podcasted yeah. from my vagina. From directly from <laughs> Nikki's nether regions. Which is why um, I was gonna say which is why it's so echoey. <laughs> I know, because I just moved for this last bit. I had to move. <laughs> I had to give my dad his office space back. So now it's really it's really echoey. And that yeah. is indeed what I think my vagina but I was like, sounds like. My brain thought of the joke before I really understood the the, the implications <laughs> of what I was saying. <laughs> All right, let's let's get let's cut this now before uh, Sarah gets uh, gets grosser. Too offensive. Um mm-hmm. Well, thank Bye. you for listening and Oh, you'll hear us <laughs> next time. <laughs> I really am pushing you into your catchphrase at this stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for listening to Thank Fuck for that. It was hosted by Mickey Overman and Sarah Keyworth and produced by Lucas Jeppo with music from Ben Cavanaugh. 